when they do agree to a time for them and their partner to be at the house, really stressing the importance of making sure that we don't cancel how important this time slot is to me and really what's going to happen if they do cancel. So saying to them, okay, awesome. I just want to make sure that um, we're both going to be able to commit to this time. I'm driving four and a half hours to come and do this quote for you guys. So I just want to make sure that we're all going to be able to be at this quote at this time. And all my clients, I think they respect me kind of more for being able to say that and keeping them accountable to be at that quote as well. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. In business, mostly what we think about is sales, marketing, revenue, revenue, revenue. And of course, then you also think about how you're going to service the business. But there's this other space that just makes all the difference in a business. It's organization. It's input consistency. It's business structures. So we've just completed a fantastic conversation with the you know roughly top 10 or so operators of our business, veteran operators of our business last year who are going to be our, amongst our top operators this coming year and had an in, a really in-depth conversation about that topic break, broken down into all sorts of different areas. And it's really, really fascinating about how do we do $75 million annualized <laughs> amount of business in you know sort of four months or how are we going to do $30 million of the business in four months? Well, it is incredibly challenging. And so structures and systems are going to need to be fantastic to be able to do that. So I think you're going to find this really, really helpful, really, really interesting. So I know you're going to enjoy this podcast. And remember why we do these podcasts is to find and attract other amazing leaders who want to have a really huge future, like the nine people who we're talking here today. So if you know of any leaders, please send them my way. See Thompson at studentworks.com share this podcast, or they can go to studentworks.com. We will start taking uh, resumes and there is a waiting list, but we'll also start really actively recruiting come July of this coming season for 2023. Have a super fantastic day. Okay, leaders, thanks so much for joining us on what this topic is, organization, input consistency, and business structures. So who we have with us is on the window cleaning side. We've got Eric Faro and Adriana Benoit. Shout out to Noah Prop, who could not make it because of school commitments. And then on the window cleaning side, we've got Beryl Christian, Haley McCubrey, Sasha Milosevic, Mac Peters, Michael Trites, and Cade Savoy. And again, shout out to Zach Jennings, who couldn't make it because he's got a doctor's appointment. So this is a session that really, really excites me just because it is so overlooked, especially from our rookie operators, but also from vets. And this is something that will come up is just all the different structures, all the different systems that we have in place so that we can turn all this hard work from marketing and sales. We're, we're recording this on March 16th, uh, 2023 into just a, a crazy summer that's super profitable and, you know, quote unquote, easier, um, easy, easy, uh, and, and then really develops leadership for our team members. So really, really uh, psyched. So we're, we're going to get this started is how are you preparing for production throughout your sales process? Eric Faro, uh, window cleaning operator and rookie operator of the year last year. Let's get us started. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. So in terms of just like you know, setting uh, expectations with your clients in terms of when they want to get the work done. Because um, I know it's super easy, especially on the window cleaning side, when you do have so many projects, it's really easy to get carried away uh, at the beginning um, of the year, especially with like, you know, when, you know, with window cleaning, like I mentioned, since people want their windows clean as early as possible, you know, they want it done like April, May, so they can most make the most out of it for, for the whole summer. Um, and, and really, like, you got to be careful, because like, when you're determining how much work you want to schedule for, for each month, what I usually do is I take I typically look at like either my goal or what I'm trending to do for that year and splitting that up between the four months between May, June, July, and August, and really like focusing more on June and July because at that point you're gonna have crews that are, you know, fully trained, like very efficient, like they know what they're doing. 
and you're done training all the crews if you are having like more crews. So essentially your production capacity is going to be a lot more in those two months versus like, you know, May, which like they're still kind of getting on board in August um, when like some crews tend to like leave early, especially like halfway through the halfway through August to, to get ready for school. Um, so you really just want to make sure that when you're scheduling your work, you make sure that you're, you know, you're focusing more on June and July instead of May and August. Just to allow you some some buffer room because it's always easier to, to to you know move people up if you have to than than push people back um, as as Haley had mentioned before and one really good line like for window cleaning and I and I you know definitely assume there's um, there's something like this for painting as well is I, I I basically just tell clients like if I could recommend like the ideal time to have your windows cleaned it would be like around late May early June and I say that because like it's easier for us to you know schedule later into May than write and then have like you know, a bunch of jobs to commit for in the beginning of May. And I say that because like we still expect some rain into the first couple weeks of May. Um, and then after the rain dies down, you tend to get the pollen, which is really, really bad. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen it before, especially in areas that have a lot of trees, it just flies around like giant clouds and it'll absolutely just coat your windows. And if we come by early May and, and you know, you get hit with the pollen, then your window clean is absolutely ruined. So we want to make sure that we, that you can enjoy your windows, you know, clean for the entire summer so we recommend coming after the rain after the pollen settled down just to make sure that again you know your, your windows are staying cleaner for longer fantastic i love that i think that's a great example so sasha some other stuff you know from the painting perspective you know what, what are things that you're doing and best practices around preparing for production for sure. So um, kind of like a good phrase to think of that just relates to what we always talk about in student works is just kind of beginning with the end in mind, or in this case, beginning with the production of the job in mind, because um, it's really, you know, easy to speak about things in theory when you're quoting work, but when it comes time to actually producing it, it's, you know, that that's when it, you're actually getting up on a ladder, you're actually getting a team, you know, out to do that work. So really, like when I'm looking at you know, in my sales process, um, talking about job timeline commitments with a client, um, there's always kind of like a few things that I keep in mind that, you know, kind of stay true for any level of operator. So one of them is just going to be looking at, you know, less so kind of uh, partially weather, but like also just job type and difficulty. Um, so just like always in terms of our our jobs, you know, you've got really large exteriors and then you've got also kind of like interior jobs. And then even in some cases, like larger deck or fence jobs that, you know, I'm looking to always kind of commit to doing at a later point in the season and just being super clear around that in terms of like, you know, how we go and actually make sure we're providing a really high quality, like professional level service is just that we have processes in place around like scaling our crews. So, you know, we're never going to put them on the hardest job first. We want to make sure they've been working on that type of job for, you know, months, um, weeks, at least for, you know, eight, 10 hour days before they get to your job. So they can really hit the ground running and, and kind of do it in stride with, with little challenge. And then the other thing is obviously we do run into weather as well. So, you know, larger jobs can take, you know, up to five, seven, eight days. Um, and we never want to have, you know, two, three days of rain or when you get that in May, that kind of pushes that to like a two week job. So always bringing up pieces of that. And then I guess just uh, other than that, you know, getting into kind of like interior stuff as well, just higher detail, more challenging jobs. Like we want to be able to actually deliver on the promises that we're giving to our clients around quality as well as timeline. So just making sure that they're apparent that like part of our process for making sure that their house, you know, um, stays in really good condition and, and the job goes really smoothly is just that we've got people working on lots of interior jobs prior to arriving at, you know, theirs, or they've gotten an opportunity to kind of hone their skills. So that's like, you know, really big one. Additionally, in the sales process, always bringing up the job site video walk around. Um, and I think I'll kind of mention this a little bit later in terms of structures for prepping my team. But um, that's always something that I'm doing at the end of every single quote um, and making sure that the client's aware of, you know, why I'm doing it. And we have checklists, you know, in our in our binders for or our clipboards for doing that, um, because I just think that, uh, you know, that's going to be crucial for um, making sure that, uh, you know, that job is, is kind of everything that was spoken about is captured in that moment when it's fresh, when it's clear, um, when you know the detail and that uh, that you can then kind of have that recorded. So, yeah. Awesome. So, you know, Eric's Eric's provided some reasons for for clients that are in their, their best interest that that have them thinking late May, June, July. 
Sasha suggested some painting reasons as well. One of them is if there are larger homes, well, this is a fantastic home that you you you, you have, or, or wow, this is a really large large interior project. So you know, we'd want to make sure that again, lots of hours so that so that we're prepared. And I think that one piece as well is, hey, it's a for sure it's a five day project. Let's say we get three or four days worth of rain, it's a two week project. You know that would be very challenging. You know, tough, to, tough to keep the, the team paid and and the momentum on the job. So, so it makes way more sense. We're likely to get really great weather. We can be in and out of your property. And so, someone's thinking, oh yeah, I wouldn't want that. I, you know, so so you're really speaking again to the customers' needs. People know what we have, right? That we're a group of students. <laughs> so so we're gonna get them really well trained. They're they're we're only gonna put them on jobs they're capable of to go and move forward. And then I know, Sasha, you put your hand up. I'm going to throw it back to you. And the other thing I'd like you to dig into, we might as well now, you brought up the video walkthroughs. And, and I know a bunch of alumni listen to the podcast, and they're always excited to hear what's going on and what we're doing differently. So why don't you really dig into here's what your video walkthrough is and why it's making such a difference. Mm -hmm, totally. And, and just before I get into that, I just want to really draw on like one thing, just like pull it out there a little bit from what you said, just around, you know, they know what we're up to. They know that we're students. Mm -hmm. And like just in my sales process, like I've just learned to completely and, and like holistically just embody that, that I'm never trying to hide like, you know, that that, you know, I'm going to be bringing in, you know, some, you know, kind of like painters who've been doing it their whole career and stuff like that. It's yeah. like, no, like we are like a brand that develops students into, you know, young leaders into young professionals, like giving them a jumpstart in their career. So I, just, I really kind of like sell from that place because I'm just proud that we do that. And I'm yeah. confident through just the work that I put in that I'm going to be able to like, I will always say people be like, oh, so you're not professional. And I go, you know, no, actually, like I would happily put my work up against any quote unquote professional painting group. Right. And, and would even be happy and, and confident to say that I could outperform them. Yes. Um, so, you know, I just never kind of like sell from a place of trying to hide things or trying to say like, oh, yeah, we'll do your full exterior in the you know second week of May or, you know, first week yeah. of June, even like I would I would even push that even for myself. So just like getting behind that and actually having, you know, reasons and, and strategies that we've put in place to make sure that we can do interiors to a high degree, we can do large jobs in, in a concise time frame. So, um, yeah, just wanted to kind of like emphasize that for anyone who, because I know I, I used to feel a little bit of, um, yes, they feel nervous, they you, feel resistant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just good to like own it and really like understand why that, um, you're going to be able to, you know, live up to the promises you're, you're making. Yeah. So just in terms of the video walk around, it was, you know, it's credits to Zach Jennings, the guy's not wow. here, but I don't know why we didn't have this, you know, it's like, it's that <laughs> way with every single thing that we have in our business now, but this is like game changing for me in terms of like peace of mind, in terms of efficiency, in terms of meeting those finite details, which are so often lost with contracting groups. And another reason why I feel that we stand out and I stand out in, in my space is just so, you know, going through kind of what's included, um, you know, you're always looking and it's a safety thing too. you get a chance to identify you know, not only the client's concerns and what they're really looking to get out of it, because every client is different, their attention to detail, their personality, what they expect, how they treat their property. And so in a way, you're kind of morphing to that and what, what they expect. But, you know, you're going through safety concerns. So is it like tough ladder placements? Is it electrical connections? Is it, you know, whatever it might be, um, uneven Stairs. ground? Yeah, and you're yeah. just addressing how you would do it so that basically the production manager and the crew assigned to the job will access this prior the week prior to when they're to produce the work. So the Sunday, you know, they see what jobs they're assigned to, they watch this. Um, so it's like they were there with you and the client on the day of the walk around. And so they get that to basically get your experience on every single job. So it's not like you're running around like a madman. Oh, I kind of met, met this job. I kind of got to get to put some input here. They get to see it as if you were starting every job. And so really just like safety going over all that. It's the client's concerns, the finite details, things they really emphasize. Like, did they mention they had a poor experience with previous contracting groups? What are we really trying to do super well this time? And then it's just like how you would go and do it as someone with four years, you know, three years, two years of painting experience, um, you know, hundreds, thousands of hours, whatever it might be. Like how, what brushes, what tools, what equipment, how would you go top to bottom, you know, left to right, so that they know exactly, you know, what you expect of them. And really their job is to then go and just execute that to a high degree of quality. So they're to, to keep the painters painting, you know, keep the managers managing. 
Um, and then, you know, we're also talking about products, colors, what's to go where, you know, what's to still be decided and figured out. And, uh, and then I talk about the clients, you know, what, what are they up to? Who are they? You know, what can you chat to them about? Um, how can you, you know, build some rapport and, um, yeah. And just, um, in general, uh, yeah, I guess like dogs, any, any other yeah, dogs kids, you yeah. know, just, just all the things and, and, oh, hey, they've got this car, make sure it's away from here, you know, that sort of thing, you know, just, yeah. just all the, all the potential dangers. The other thing is a job will never be more alive to you when you've just signed and got a deposit check, yeah. right? That, that's what I make up, you know, when it's complete, it's complete, you know, it's, it's just like, oh, you know, um, but it's like, it's so alive. You are co-creating this with the customer. And so it's like here, here it all is. And you can just see how, how, again, then this saves 50, 100, how many jobs you have, walk arounds and going at specific times to give them the information. So it's just so great. And, and again, shout out Zach and uh, video technology and uh, cost of bandwidth, et cetera, to, to make this all, all work. So awesome. So, so next next topic that we we're going to have is is Haley was going to dig into what tools are you using to manage your time? Yeah, so this is definitely something that I've realized last year and then this year again, just being so far away from my turf. Um, time management is crucial. If you have, I have bad time management, my business is dead. So really, just making sure there's a couple things that I've implemented in my business this year and then just in my life really as well. So every Sunday, I set aside multiple hours. Um, like probably about five or six hours to kind of just organize my business and my life. So including my schedule, all my production planners, um, my Google Drive with production planners, pictures of the job, video walkarounds, and then like about me letters about the client. Like I like to write um, information about the client as well, just so uh, all my painters know. Yeah, so really making sure all that's done on Sundays um, before I come back to school, and then adding in buffer time in my schedule is a big thing too. So being so busy with school, work, sports, the gym, like all that kind of stuff. Want to make sure that I have enough time in my day to do it all that way. I don't get burnt out quickly. Um, so adding in those buffer times that it feels like if I have two hours of buffer time, I'm able to move things up earlier. And then I feel like I'm checking things off my list quicker, quicker. I'm being more effective just by adding in a couple, a couple of hours here and there, which is super awesome. And then one other thing that I've noticed over the past, honestly, just a couple of weeks is confirming estimate times with clients. So um, and making sure that they really understand the importance of my time and value my time. Going home, driving four hours back home to do 15 estimates in a weekend. I want to make sure that I'm not sitting in my turf for an hour and a half um, waiting for my next quote because my because a quote canceled. So when they do agree to a time for them and their partner to be at the house, really stressing the importance of making sure that we don't cancel how important this time slot is to me. And, and really what's going to happen if they do cancel. So saying to them, okay, awesome. I just want to make sure that um, we're both going to be able to commit to this time. As I said, I'm a Western University student. So I'm driving four and a half hours to come and, to come and do this quote for you guys. So I just want to make sure that we're all going to be able to be at this quote at this time. And all my clients, I think they respect me kind of more for being able to say that and to kind of keeping them accountable to be at that quote as well. Just because so many times I'll go home and people do cancel. And then I'm sitting in my turf for a long time, just just waiting. So that's kind of a big thing that's helped with my time management with, with clients and with estimates. Um, but yeah, just really like scheduling time in even to make your schedule. So, yeah. Fantastic. And, you know, obviously Google calendar or iCal, you know, using that uh, color coded, anything else that's jumping for, for people, anything that you're doing to use that travel time for commuters, you know, that, so, so that it's turning into valuable time. So just some thoughts I had was just, you know, audible podcasts, you know, you know, downloading recordings so I can hear the, the best of the best present client manuals or, or sales scripts. Those are some ideas as well uh, for, 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 for that. So, uh, so thank you so much, Haley. That was fantastic. So what structures have you put in place with your team to ensure that they give the required information to the next person? Meaning how do we transition from marketing to sales, sales, to scheduling, scheduling to production, production to payroll or collections and and payments, so that there's just a happy you know symbiosis throughout all those uh, those areas of our business. So we'll start with Adriana. Um, yeah, so I also included like some of like what that information should be too, just so, mm -hmm. like 
you can know like what, what to put and why it's important. So the first step would be marketing. Um, and then the requirement would just be that your marketers get like good notes about clients, um, more so than anything that just entices them to build rapport with the client because um, they know that they're expected to make some notes about certain things and they won't be able to do that if they just go get a name and a phone number and then leave. Yeah. Um, so I always expect a couple of notes about like previous projects they've had done, like if they were happy, um, any concerns they have. And then of course, like the obvious stuff, like, you know, if the wife talked to the husband and like, they seem to both be decision makers or like they had a dog, what its name was, um, all that kind of stuff. They just put that in, in the notes section in Simon, of course, and that I'll be able to tell if that was done when, you know, myself or my caller goes to call. And it's really important, especially about the size of the house for my caller, because she doesn't know the area. She's not from here so that she can know like what kind of ballpark ranges to give them. Uh, and then for scheduling, the things to do, the ways to kind of transfer information first would be to set broad deadlines, big deadlines, um, and put the deadlines into Simon correctly um, so that whoever is doing the scheduling knows what deadlines people are looking for. To make notes about any scheduling info, final you know deadlines for people, and then also days that don't work. So some people will say like, yeah, like Wednesday's just busy. That doesn't work for me. Make a note like Wednesdays don't work. So that you don't then go give them a Wednesday and they're like, what? We just talked about this. Like that doesn't work. And then enter deadlines, like hard deadlines into your calendar or your PM's calendar. Like I found like maybe like mid July, like someone's having a wedding and that's a deadline and they need to have the job done by then. So two weeks before that, just put a note in the calendar, like to do like call, you know, John and Mary wedding in two weeks schedule their work in now they wanted it done right before the wedding so sometimes like in simon the scheduling dates like they can just get like overlooked especially when you're giving people june july july august but if there's any hard deadlines in there put them in your schedule really great catch schedule. for sure yeah. um, and so put it just catching put it earlier Make sure because you do not want to be some, someone upset or, you know, sorry, have someone upset and you feel awful, too, et cetera. So it's just, yeah, it's just, you know, that that catch someone's moving on the painting side, you know, so so it's just, OK, we got to, you know, again, move from other crews. Let's make sure that we hit, hit this target so they can move in. So, yes. Yeah. Just like for I've found in Simon, it's a little tougher to like get those or get that info portrayed to someone else. Yes. So putting it in your schedule and then for production, for window cleaning, um, one of the things that I noticed was I just went to a past client estimate and she was like, I told you last year to not have the guys put any ladders on this copper awning. And I guess the message just didn't get across because they were about to do it. And I had to go outside and stop them. And I was like, fair enough. So what I did, I took some pictures of it. I just uploaded it in Simon as like the estimate sheet front picture so that they'll see the picture. They know that's what that is. My production manager can see it, make good notes and, and show them the picture and say, don't put your ladder here. Um, so just like transferring info that way by using photos and stuff, which isn't something we do a lot on the window cleaning side and then entering those photos into Simon so that anybody who needs it can see it and can know not to do certain things like if they want you to be careful of their garden like make notes of that and then your pm can see it your workers can see it and then the final thing was for payroll it's not really super tricky for window cleaning because they'll just pay you when the job is done they'll even pay your your guys your window cleaners so it's not like the end of the world but sometimes people do want to pay with like a company check or something like that and in that situation, I found my my guys call me a lot and they're like, they don't have a check ready. They said, you can go pick it up at this day. And then I'm driving to their office to go get it. I don't want to be doing that. That's just a huge hassle. So anytime somebody ever gives me a deposit that way, I was just making a note, hey, PM, can you make sure that when you call them to schedule in the work, like you guys talk about it and they can have it ready for the crew when they're there. Um, that just ensures that I don't get to the end of the week without a final payment from somebody. 
and then realize it when I'm doing my payroll when there's nothing to do. So just like always kind of moving notes throughout every single step and making sure that everybody gets all the info they need. Um, Because sometimes, you know, you think you're going to remember and then like 200 clients later, you don't remember anything. Just like making good notes and basically just putting all the notes everywhere is what I would say. Fantastic. Okay. I really love that. And uh, one of the other things to remember about scheduling is it's always great to just have some extra space. You know, one of the things we brought up is the idea that, well, we can always bring people forward. The other thing that will happen is clients will say, Haley, I, I can do the job if you can start next week or, you know, they'll 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 start to sort of say, hey, here's a big job or here's this or yeah, I'll do all that gutter guard work for you if I get this sooner. So that's something as well to keep in mind that we've got that extra flexibility built into our scheduling. Hey, leaders, I hope you are enjoying this podcast. As we approach and surpass 300 episodes, well over 95% of the leaders that we have interviewed have been alumni of the Student Works Management Program. It has been an honor to participate in their development over the years. Starting now and only for the fall months, we will be on campus at universities and colleges in Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you are interested in being a leader in our program or know someone who does, please go to the show notes and hit Student Works and get sent to a landing page to apply. There is a bold Student Works that you can hit to go to a landing page to apply. Thanks so much. Back to the show. Uh, so Sasha, why don't you work through sort of distinctions of that structures or a- extra add-ons uh, from the painting side? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just a couple things that I I think are, and, and I alluded to it obviously a bit before around the uh, video walk around, but for me, that's really like half of the equation or for painting. And I guess just when I look at that whole cycle, like the biggest transfers of information that occur are basically from the, you know, sale to, I guess, like scheduling, which is kind of where the video walk around comes in. So you capture all that information there. And then from basically like scheduling to production, which would be the um, production planner. So just like one thing that, and of course, you're always kind of refining those more and more, but just like one thing that was just crucial for me, like as I was scaling last season, and it kind of ties into our next bit about like minimizing travel time, but it's just like, When I write that production planner, I'm putting in like absolutely every bit of material or tool that I know I'm going to need for that job. And I'm highlighting it in that production planner Um, because I know when we go to schedule that work, something that I'm really looking to implement this year is just that nightly, um, like basically planning sessions where we collect everything that we know we're going to need to produce, you know, certain jobs the next day. And it's all prepped either in vehicles or we know what we need to grab um, so that we can just get it and go. So, you know, where that gets consolidated for me is in my Google Drive, which has basically client files, you know, various crew color folders because all my crews are color coded and then also job timeline folders. So May, June, July, August, and each client folder has the video walk around and then the production planner in it. And essentially those will get roughly slotted into the months that they're to be done. And when we're scheduling our work, you know, we know what we're kind of pulling from, you know, what what kind of bank we're scheduling from. And then once it's assigned to a crew, it gets put into, you know, that crew. And then again, like I said, that crew's access to the production planner virtually, so they can access it at any point on their phone. Um, and then also the video walk around. So like that's just for me is going to be the biggest transfer of info for my PMs, for my painting teams. Um, so that's this kind of what I, I've always had. And you know, I don't see necessarily any refinements to it. Um, this year it worked really well last year. The biggest thing I think is just getting all those materials ready because nothing worse than getting to a job and you're missing something crucial. So um, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I see as a, kind of a big thing there. Fantastic. A- excellent share, the, the both of you. Thank you. Uh, Mac Peters. Yeah, I just wanted to add something. I just thought like I've been guilty of this before where you're, you're like, you know, you're in a sale or whatever and then you book a job. And, you know, there's that particularly tricky area that, you know, you're not, you you have an idea of how you're going to figure it out, but you're not 100% certain quite yet or whatnot. 
you know, whether it's something like you need a boom lift or there's some sort of scaffolding that you need to put up or whatever. So a structure that we have this year is uh, when my production manager and I meet on Fridays, we go over any jobs that have those sort of problem areas and we come up with an exact plan as to how we're going to do it. Cause you might not know right away, right in the estimate, like, cause especially if, you know, there's work to be done on top of a roof or whatever, you don't know what the pitch is. There's three feet of snow on it, whatever, whatever. So yeah, we kind of just break those down and then transfer those into our production planners for those jobs, just so that it's not like we book in that job in the middle of the summer and we realize, oh crap, there's this super difficult area that we didn't actually come up with a plan for. And the crew has their production planner, but they're just like, how do we get this part done? So yeah, uh, that was one one thing that we've been doing this year. Fantastic. I love it. Uh, and Beryl. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah, great share so far. Uh, one of the things that uh, I just wanted to add on as well is we we spend a lot of time talking about what we can do as business owners for all of these systems. One of the things that I've seen that has uh, made a whole lot of impact on my business this year is um, like right now is the time when a lot of us are doing those uh, interviews for potentially like PMs and painters. And one of the big things is to set the expectation right from the start when you're interviewing them, that they're going to be accessing these documents, that if we have uh, weekly meetings with them before those job, uh, jobs even start, then uh, it's their responsibility to go watch those videos before then so that you can have a um, meeting that makes sense. Because I know in my first year, I went to my DM, a lot of the meetings not being prepared. And that's something that's going to come up in your business as well when you, we hire those PMs, when we hire those crew chiefs. So having those sort of systems and then having those expectations listed when we are interviewing those applicants, when we're uh, hiring those people, just to make sure that all of those systems stay in place. Love it. And it's so true, right? Okay, wonderful. So, and again, um, I know Haley, you live in a big cottage turf spread all spread in a bunch of different locations. And so, so just what are some of the ways that you are, are managing or and minimizing travel time? And obviously other people can share as well. Awesome. Well, this is definitely something that I'm super excited to share on. In terms of my travel time last year, it really wasn't good. My turf super far from end to end. So I found that last year I was really not being as effective as I could be. But there's a couple of things that I have put in place this year that I'm excited to, to start. And I don't remember who gave this tip out. I don't know if it was on a team call or whatever. I feel like it was either Michael or Ian. But it was about delegating roles to people on the cruise. So having a paint person and having kind of a crew kit person, which I'm super excited about. So in all my interviews with people, I tell them about these responsibilities that they could take on. So what this means is you have, let's say three people on a crew, which is typically what I have for my bigger kind of jobs. So one person is a crew chief who talks to the clients um, in communication with them. And you have the paint person who's constantly looking, making sure we have enough paint at all times. So if we do run out of paint, it's that person's responsibility. They should have been watching that, making sure um, we didn't have to. I found last year, a lot of the times, last minute, they're like, oh, we actually ran out of paint. We need more paint now. And then I'd have to go all the way back to wherever I was getting paint from and then drive all the way back. And then they're wasting a couple hours because it takes hours to go get the paint. Um, and then the same thing for the third person would be the crew kit person. So when they look in the production planner, it will say, we're sanding the entire exterior, making sure they have sanding pads in the crew kit. That would, when we get to the job, they're able to do the job right away. So a big kind of part in this, especially with the, for the crew kit person, is making sure my production planners are super, super detailed with checklists of exactly what the materials and tools that they're going to need for the job. So from, oh, you're going to need three 32-foot ladders. You're going to need three power sanders. Giving a checklist, because I will try my best. My production managers will try their best to make sure we have those materials there. But at the end of the day, the painters are the ones looking through the production planners and should be making sure that we have those materials. And if they don't, letting us know that we can get those for them. So I think that's going to reduce a lot of travel time in terms of having to go back and pick up supplies and having delays. The second thing is I found that my clients typically, I have a lot of clients in certain areas, kind of like in little pods. So just there's really no need to having to schedule two jobs in an hour apart from each other. I'd rather schedule if I have one production manager having doing two crews that those two crews that they're working on are generally close to each other that way they're able to go in between in between the two jobs rather than doing one stop at each job and that takes all day long um so i'm super excited to, to implement that i think that's going to really help with my time management and time travel for this summer um which I, at the end of the day was really 
will allow me to do more work, um, to be more efficient and to get more stuff myself done rather than there's only so much you can do while you're driving in terms of like having a couple conversations on the phone, but you can't do anything from your car, just driving. So if I can minimize that time and then minimize like gas costs, obviously it's super, super important to me with my turf. So I'm really excited to add these things in. And I wish I remember Michael, if it was you, thank you. (laughs) I'm not sure. Yeah. Any any other ideas, Michael? I was just going to say that that idea originally came from uh, Jackson Butler last year with the, uh, the three different roles for three different painters. But awesome. We all shout use out. that out here. Shout, shout out Jackson. And so so one thing one thing I, I just want to shout out Julia Morris and and uh, I remember she had a, a really spread out turf and one of the things I remember uh, her sharing was you know hour hour and a half it could easily be um, and so. So she coached her team like our coaches are coaching our operators. Okay, David, how do you think you should handle that? And what do you think? And so rather than the, you know, sort of first first blush, oh, I'm driving there, right? Like uh, I'm going there to solve the problem. No, this is this, you know, it's because it's so far. So even again, you know, it's 15 minutes. Okay, how are you going to handle that error? You know, Kate, what do you think about that? You know, just walking them through just just questions and seeing if they can find solutions on their own without you driving there is 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 a really great great space uh, to to think uh, as well. And and again, it also helps develop more leadership in your business. So next topic: so how you keep your existing systems from breaking down due to entropy, Beryl. Yeah, this is a pretty big problem that's happened to me over the past years of running the business. It's still happened to me right now. And uh, one of the key things to keep in mind when you're dealing with this is to, I know in the past, I had this idea that you could you could implement a system that is completely entropy free or uh, entropy resistant, but that's not going to happen. Like entropy is going to find a way to uh, come at you. And I know Pat talks a lot about this in his mindset uh, slides and uh, Amher, our um, alumni talks a lot about it as well. I think uh, one of the key things that has been making a big difference is um, especially auditing the business uh, is pretty huge, like just auditing the business either bi-weekly or monthly. And it's it's all there in the office manual. It's all there uh, on the estimate sheets as well. Like you could literally use the, uh, like at the back of the estimate sheets, this tell, uh, tells us how to like score the eight point calls, score the client walk around, score uh, the presentation and score all of those things. And ultimately you can just see what systems you're missing out on. And um, like, especially right now, since we're getting a little bit comfortable with uh, sales and doing those uh, presentation, we might uh, start losing on some of the systems that made us all of those profits last year or made us uh, those sales earlier on in the year. So just keeping sure that we're using those systems in place. And then uh, other thing as well is kind of going back to what Haley said is having those uh, time slots either on Sunday, Saturday, whatever day that might be, just to plan things. And then uh, you're just... Um, identifying that things are going to go out of order and you just set aside a certain time uh, to just make things uh, go back in order or just uh, making sure that everything is uh, uh, everything's good to go there. And um, yeah, the other thing as well is um, having, uh, oh, also, uh, and one of the things that I like to ask that Chris uh, says a lot in those uh, planning sessions is like, what about my business I'm pretending to not know? And I think that's a great question to ask um to to see what things we're turning blind blind uh, blind eye to and then um yeah just the last thing is just to have a low tolerance for chaos as well because i know it slowly builds up over time like how i know as a rookie operator um i started off being organized and then my room went uh my room wouldn't be organized my bed would be made and then at the end of the summer my car was just in a complete chaos everything was just here uh, the contracts were just on the floor. It was just like pretty bad. So just having that low tolerance for chaos right off the bat to just make sure that if anything goes out of order, you're just uh, being in uh, in the action phase just to acting on it and keeping it back in order. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And and so so from a window cleaning uh, side, anyone or Eric or Adriana, anything, anything that sort of stands out, anything that anybody does like kind of weekly to sort of just, okay, let's let's get everything back organized. Yeah, I would say mostly to do with like barely touched on like, uh, like contracts and stuff. Cause like with window cleaning, we just have like a ridiculous amount of jobs mm-hmm. um, just because our average job size is smaller. So one thing that like I used to do with contracts is like some people like to order them different way, like different ways, but I would just keep like a filing bin with, with all the contracts and 
I know some people did like at, like per like tentative date. So like contracts that, you know, we have commitments to be done in May, June, July, August, and then all sorted like either alphabetically or whether you promised them early May, mid-May or late May. And then just like always staying, like I used to like always like weekly, just make sure that everything's in order. I used to organize my stuff by contract number, which is also like, which is also great too. But that's just something that, that I, like on the window cleaning side is just making sure that like, if your contract's in order, then like you're, you know, it, it makes, it makes life a lot easier when it comes to like scheduling production and like giving, giving the contracts to your guys, because it's just, we're doing it that much more often. It's like, you know, 20, like 20 plus jobs per week that we have to do. Um, so it can get pretty unorganized if you're not staying on top of it every week. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else jumps out, jump out to people? Cause this is obviously a big topic managing entropy, you know, like again, if if you think about, you know, just things fall apart. So, you know, barrels, barrels saying, Hey, like we just got to have a daily commitment, make your bed, keep your car clean, you know, like, like just that's something. And then, um, you know, Sasha, I know you had something to share. Yeah, like I think it's just important to look at the front end of all of this, which is like when you create your own system or you look at implementing it in your life, like, you know, there's a few things that I think are key to just keep in mind so that you're not, you know, trying to make something work that just doesn't for you. So it's like only creating systems or if you're going to retrofit one for your business, like, you know, something you can do every day without fail or, you know, make sure it's really simple um, to keep organized. So it's not like overly complicated and just convoluted um, because like we're just doing this stuff so frequently um, and then just planning for things to go wrong and just making sure that like if they do that, there's an easy way to like rectify it and it doesn't, you know, all come crumbling down. Um, so kind of like the structure is important. And then, yeah, I'm just like rectifying things on a regular basis. Like I know for me, I'm just always adding stuff to my weekly checklist and I've got like a winter preseason one and I've got a summer one because the duties on a weekly basis are different. So it's just like making it really easy for myself. I don't have to remember everything. I just throw it in there and then it's getting checked off, you know, once a week and nothing goes more than five, six days without getting updated or, you know, re, re you know, cleaned or, or whatever it might be. So, yeah. And I think there's there's sort of a normal structure to, you know, completion of a week and that that things, you know, you start a lot of times you'll have you'll have maybe a lot, a lot of your organization meetings. Obviously, you have that with your coaches. OK, here, here's the schedule. This is what we're doing. Naturally, that'll fold out to your crews, you know, and then as the week goes on, you know, the work's getting done. We're getting we're getting payments. Uh, and then and then when are you going to order your paint? You know, you know, pre-order your paint, make sure that there's a spot for that. And at the end of the week, okay, we've captured everything. What didn't get done that we committed to getting done? Okay, we've got to prioritize that, move that along. It's sort of it. And then it's like we're creating another week, which would be, you know, the payroll week and, and ensuring that that all gets wrapped up so that we're going to have the biggest payroll, collect the most money possible so you can write big profit and, and, and you know, employee checks uh, for, for, for people on your team. So. No, that's awesome. So fighting entropy is such a huge, huge piece of being a successful leader. Uh, so Michael, ways you found of keeping your systems light to reduce admin work? Yeah, for sure. One thing that's that's really important, I think most people do this, is just having a, a really well-organized but easy-to-read Google Drive. So for all your dry jobs, we are talking about earlier video walkarounds, making sure you're, you're including those, and just making sure your guys are able to follow those. Um, well, and they're not too complicated with too much going on or anything like that. So making sure you have pictures or videos of the jobs, uh, you know, contracts, estimate sheets in there and, and everything's nice and organized for them and doing it early. So not, you know, keeping them all and then doing this all in, in April or May, because then you're going to, you know, your admin work's going to catch up to you and, and you're going to be really behind trying to start production and, uh, you know, finish all your admin all at once. So just doing it as you go, as soon as you book the job, come home in the afternoon, the evening and entering all this stuff into your drive and assignment all at once. Um, as opposed to waiting and doing it all in, in a big bulk, we'll save it a ton of time. So that's that's really important. One thing too that um, I mean, Haley was already kind of talking about this is, is not giving one employee too much responsibility, and kind of spreading out that responsibility over your whole team. So uh, the crew chief and then the paint supervisor and kit supervisor is super super helpful and something that worked really well for us last year and we implement again this year. You know, I'm finding that if you give you know someone just like the the uh, role of just managing the paint, making sure they're they're in charge of that. Um, it's 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 a lot easier to follow and a lot more simple than actually giving one guy, the crew chief, the responsibility to all three of those guys. Um, so that that's worked really really well. The other thing that I wanted to touch on was the uh, 
simple to follow job start and close procedures. So there's a file in the file library. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it gives you a very basic and very easy to read rundown of exactly how to start a job and how to close a job and the process of everything in between. Um, so just showing that to your painters and your managers at the beginning of the season um, and making sure they're following that exact process every single time. And it's really simple. It's really easy to follow. And I think it's really great. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I've noticed that some operators create really complicated, like job start and job close processes and, and you know, what to do in between kind of thing. And, and this this file is really, really simple, really easy to follow. And I'm, uh, I didn't use it last year and I'm excited to use it this year. Um, oh, sorry, yeah. anything else, Michael? The final thing, I mean, Sasha already kind of talked about it as well, was just not implementing systems that cannot be followed 100% of the time. Um, I know he was just sharing about that, but uh, Entropy will, will catch up to you. So just making sure you're implementing systems that are easy to follow and, and, and it's not something too complicated that you only use some of the time because eventually it uh, you won't use it at all anymore. And I noticed that happening to myself last year. I was creating systems that were just not, you know, they weren't going to work all the time. And then eventually you just stop using them all together. So. Yeah. Fantastic. So a couple of things that I really want to, you know, just highlight was, you know, job number one, before you start production, having everything done administratively. So all of it's complete, daily production planners, all your scheduling, all everything set and and prepared, because it's almost like then, you know, the cages are going to get rattled. So it's like, I'm already, okay, all the work that I have set up, it's set. And then as I go along, I'm going to continue to set as I'm booking more and more work throughout, uh, just keeping it in there, keeping it in there. So that's something. And then, and then again, one of the the great the great things uh, again that that wouldn't have been done as as much at at uh, you know for a lot of the alumni is hey jobs starting on their own. Yeah, you have a video walkthrough, daily production planners. You have you have a here's how to start a job, you know, and then here's how to complete a job, so that people can take these jobs, start them complete them, you know, bring payments, you know, and, and, and if we're doing this all correctly, uh, which is just so great again, so you can spend your time making sure everything's <laughs> your systems are holding, holding strong, and then we can market, sell, recruit, et cetera, do other critical aspects to your business. So awesome, awesome, awesome share. So Cade Savoy's structures you're using with team members to keep them accountable. Yeah, this is something last year that I definitely lacked on was just like holding crew chiefs or really anybody in my business um, accountable to a certain degree. Um, definitely lacked on that. And obviously that is one thing that creates entropy right there mm -hmm. is where you're not following up, don't have systems in place for this. So one thing that I'm working on this year and I started to implement a little bit last year um, was just constant, almost like max meetings with my my teams and more specifically my crew chiefs and also managers as well too. You know, a max meeting, the main thing about it is obviously to look at last week's goals, you know, also set this week's goal. And then that allows an environment for you to actually hold people accountable with it. So, you know, if you're not making commitments, if you're not making goals in the first place for your team, for your crew chiefs or anybody in your business, then what are you even going to hold them accountable to in the first place? So one thing that's huge for me is that this year um, with my uh, my sales manager, Wade, um, who's been doing a fantastic job, uh, we have a weekly max meeting as well, too, where we look at last week's goals. Um, we you know have discussions surrounding that and then also look into set goals for this week. And I think another huge part of actually, uh, yeah, Wade and Cade, that's whenever we go up to the door, too, we always you know, say, hey, it's just Wade and Cade here. But uh, besides <laughs> that... <laughs> Yeah, like I said, another structure I wanted to put in place as well, too, on the max meetings um, is also follow up as well, too. So obviously, you know, that's another form of keeping people accountable. So checking up on your crews after a day, you know, asking them how things went, keeping them accountable to commitments. And then also with any of your managers and such, you know, doing the same thing. So moving into the season, I'm going to be having uh, biweekly meetings with all my teams and then also weekly max meetings with all my crew chiefs to obviously you know, review how last week's projects went and last week's goals, and also just to go over future projects and future goals, and then create that environment to actually go and hold people accountable to. Fantastic, fantastic. And, you know, and again, I think it's it's one of those things, it's what we make up about it that, that sometimes gets in the way. Oh, wow, that seems like a lot of work to have all those max meetings, you know, and it is. <laughs> and consider how more how how less successful you'd be without meeting with your coach on a on a committed basis and if you and if you you go and look uh, i know one of our 
amazing alumni, Govin Jayaraman, was was talking about that that's the sweet spot. A weekly meeting with team members is the sweet spot about, you know, micromanaging to just totally, totally letting go. And that's that, that you know, having companies that have weekly meetings, weekly coaching sessions. So it's a it's a coaching session. There's there's opportunity to learn, grow what's not working well. What can we fix? You know, what, what, you know, what, what are we pretending not to know, you know, and, uh, and, and, and just moving towards uh, the goals that they, they have. Uh, I, 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 you know, Kathleen Fitzpatrick, I saw on her LinkedIn this, this last week, I, I asked on one of her posts, what were you surprised by, by feedback with your team members? She was surprised that her team members were wanted more hours, wanted more hours. She felt like she was pushing them too hard, but they were wanting more hours to make more money. So it's like, it's like, gee, and I could totally see that happening in, in my business years ago. So what are we doing to make sure we're hitting, getting alignment to hit all their, their goals, which is obviously helping you hit your goals. So that's, that's, that's awesome stuff. So the, the final topic uh, and is problems you identified from last year's structures and how you're resolving those problems. So Mac. Yeah, so there's definitely been uh, a couple couple changes that we've been making, especially since like you know first year to second year, second year to third year now. So one thing we're 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 doing kind of just regarding the whole uh, promising timelines for our jobs and whatnot is like you know in previous years we'd kind of just like ballpark it based on how many sales we had, and you know who knows what, what kind of things could come up. And then, you know, next thing you know, you have a client like hounding you, Hey, when's my job getting started sort of thing. So this year we actually just created like a spreadsheet based on our sales uh, that we're like tracking and the amount of crews that we have hired slash that we intend on hiring and our kind of production capacity based on, you know, previous year's results from our crews and just seeing like exactly kind of when we're going to be booking for still telling our clients a general timeline, but this way we actually have, uh, you know, our, our, our crews are actually able to, uh, or sorry, our, our clients are actually getting their jobs usually done when they should be rather than, you know, kind of guessing at the estimate based on your sales. And I guess the other thing that we've been doing is just a, a Friday, uh, a Friday meeting between myself and my, my production manager. This is where we kind of, talk about, you know, things that we did the last week or in terms of like our inputs, as well as just like, you know, how we're kind of organizing the business. So if there's any unleft production planners, uh, so we'll, we'll write those. And that's just because I often find with my Sundays, you know, if I'm driving back to Kingston or whatever, uh, it can get pretty pressed for me. So we find, you know, alleviating some of, the, some of that uh, scheduling time on Fridays can actually be pretty helpful. So we just do kind of like an hour, hour and a half on, uh, you know, Friday, Friday night, usually after dinner, that sort of thing. And this is like kind of a structure we're going to be implementing with our crews as well, just for uh, meetings for like how the week kind of went and, and areas of improvement and whatnot. Um, but yeah. Fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome, Mac. Um, so, Kate, any, anything else? I know you had your hand up. Yeah, I, I just want to speak a little bit about the uh, just the crew chief about me letters that I'm making this year. So. During my um, estimates, you know, all the jobs I book, I just set the expectation that it's it's likely not going to be, be me coming by to do the job. It's going to be, you know, one of the crew chiefs or, or production managers. Um, and so just to add on to that right there, when I go ahead and do my, my scheduling email, I'm actually going to get all my crew chiefs to actually create an about me letter. So that when we send the scheduling email, you know, the person, the homeowner, the client can be more familiar with who is actually going to be on their job site running it. You know, they get to know them before they even actually get to it. And also that way, when the crew chief does contact them for scheduling, you know, they've already known a little bit about them and who's coming by to come and do the project for them. Fantastic. And it makes the, the crew chief more comfortable. Oh, wow. They already know. Okay. I go to this school and I'm interested in this or, or whatever. So that's a, that's a fantastic thing. So as I wrap things up, anything else that's, that's popping, please share. And, and I just want to, you know, for, especially for our rookie operators and rookie, you know, rookie leaders period, you know, it's hard to sort of really get, but you know, all sales and marketing is, is just all sorts of promises we're making. That's all, that's all it is. And, and really, you know, this is where we get paid. Okay. Is, is delivering the service 
to the homeowner or whoever we're working for and making sure that they're happy, making sure that they're super satisfied. And the easier these this, this processes go, the more referrals we're going to get, the easier the job's going to get, the more production time we're going to get, you know, by producing it more effectively, we can produce more work, make more money, everyone's happier. And again, if we really think about the tough parts of running a business are the things that are when it's going wrong, you feel discouraged, you feel let down, you feel like you've let down people, you'll let you down on your team members, you feel like you let down your clients, and that's not what we want to do. So it's the work up front like this, that really gets us thinking that really is going to have us more regularly feeling really proud of our business. Okay. It's never going to be perfect. Uh, the best way always to look back is just what's the progress we're making. We're getting better. We're getting better is always the, the best way to be thinking about it. But, but this is the work of it. And it's not as sexy, doesn't show up on the leaderboards. And it is uh, what our top operators are doing to drive really great results. So Sasha. Yeah. I just had a question around like, so the client package that we give out to our clients when we produce a job has like an expectations sheet that's supposed to be in it. I don't mm -hmm. know everybody, I put it in there, but I pondered like the idea of just giving it and going through it with the client, like after booking the work. I'm just wondering if anyone's ever considered the same. So just like, you know, all those things you try and set expectations around in the walk around. Like, like I said, it's like, you know, weather, you know, finishes on, on surfaces, you know, is it really old? Like, how is this going to look like weather, you know, previous jobs, like if they're, you know, they get pushed or they get delayed, like what happens and you just don't do a hundred percent of what the expectation setting should be all the time. So I'm just curious, like if anyone's considered that same process, like maybe going through that and then leaving it with them with the agreement, you know, so they have it, you've gone through it and like, that's already done. I didn't, I wouldn't say I've had that many issues around it last season. So maybe a bit redundant, but it also could be very helpful for maybe like rookies in particular when they don't know what to set expectations around. So, so nothing, nothing, nothing jumping. It sounds like for, for this group of veterans, uh, Haley. I think now that I'm kind of just took me a minute to like think through it, I can definitely see some of my really particular clients um, who maybe were like uneasy. Like I've had a couple of clients who have used a student painting company in the past, like not student works, but they are really hesitant about booking because of those kind of uh, some, whatever their reasons might be, or for really, really huge jobs or jobs that require like different kinds of prep in order for it to turn out the way they want to. So I could definitely see some of my clients like that kind of putting them at ease. The fact that I have these expectations that I'm going to go over with them right when I'm done booking the job, I feel like kind of starts your relationship off with them really, really good. So I think for some clients, I could for sure, for sure do that. Yeah. yeah. And I know, and I know Sasha Ammer uh, had a, a similar, I'm not exactly sure when it was, but before the job started, he, he sat down with the customers and this is exactly what we're going to do running through the, the expectations management document and just making sure that they understood exactly what, what they'd agreed on. And then the team would execute. So, and, and I'm glad you brought up again, the job site, the job site folders that we, that we, that we do, uh, implement. And I know all our coaches make sure, um, that everybody, when they start, have all of the jobs that they booked so far, all filled out, all prepared and ready to go. And then it's just hoping that we don't slip from entropy as we go through the through the uh, through the season, uh, so that so that again that 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 helps uh, the integrity of the job. Um, Adriana, oh, I was going to say maybe like I'm not entirely sure what you guys do for like that kind of stuff, but like maybe one way that it might kind of tie into window cleaning is like when we're doing scheduling like at the end of the estimate I normally like as I'm walking out the door people are like oh like what's gonna happen next and I'm like oh well that's actually a really good question like we're gonna give you a call and schedule you in a couple weeks before this like timeline and I always always have so many people emailing me and calling me being when are we gonna do this work for you or like when are you gonna do it for us like you said May on here and it's like it's May 1st like we haven't heard from you yet like what's going on and maybe we could make a page for the client binder where it's once we've already booked the job or something, it's just like, here's what's going to happen now. You're going to have the agreement. And then at like two weeks before like this kind of timeline, somebody will call you and get it like all scheduled in or maybe like something to leave with them that just says that because I always find that people are like really unsure about what like I'll send them an email like in mid April being like, 
we haven't forgotten about you. But then right. when they don't hear from me after that, they're like, what's going on? Right. Um, so maybe like something to go over might work a little bit better. Like once we've already booked the job, instead of just being like, see, ya, have a good day. Like just a, like a little bit longer of a process to get them comfortable. Yeah. So any, any, any structures that we have, we have an email structure that, you know, coming into the season, we, we let people know anything that people are doing. Matt, how are you handling this situation? Yeah. So I actually, one thing I do, which I kind of learned from like Jackson, just because he mentioned it and then it kind of clicked with me last year was just, um, I always like follow up my clients, especially about colors if they haven't sent me stuff. Cause Nine times out of 10, you know, clients don't have a color ready to go for you at an estimate. Uh, so just something like that. If there's any sort of product or, or, or communication regarding the, the project, I'll usually follow up with them, you know, like usually like right around this time, actually, I was just uh, earlier today emailing some, emailing some clients I had, didn't have colors for. Uh, and then also just kind of reconfirming timeline with them at the same time. So I don't, I think that's more, probably more helpful for the painting side, but just that's one strategy that you, you can use just because you kind of hit two birds with one stone that way. Uh, you know, they get a little bit more information on timeline and, and you're also making sure you're getting all those colors and whatnot in. Oh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Awesome. Well, absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much, everyone. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.